get old Or so I was told when I was growing up And now I'm watching it unfold as I'm showing up for work Where I have a broken chair and some carpal tunnel syndrome Alright everybody and welcome to the second recording of 40 Going On 14 I'm Mike, I've got the guys here, introduce yourselves guys Josh Oh, that's Joel. Josh, Joel, and Pat, and um, we are here to talk about our top five retro and current generation video games. Yeah, this is a a subject I've been looking forward to because I play too many goddamn video games. So this is kind of my wheelhouse. Well, this is where I'm uh, really quiet. Yeah, and I I I have like my tried and true games, but not a whole lot of them. So well, I mean, tried and true games is where it's at. I don't know. Pat Pat doesn't play video games as much anymore, so his face kind of looks like he has some sort of like palsy or something because um, it's out of shape. You know, when you're that muscular and people won't understand that, but Pat will. <laughs> well, this is good radio then. Um, <laughs> when Pat oh, plays I... video games, he contorts his yeah. face like he's having some sort of a seizure. Yes. And I've always said that Pat's got a face for radio, so... Yeah. Most people have agreed. All right, so who wants to jump in the pool first? Uh, Josh, it's your wheelhouse. Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Take- We're going to start with our top five games in no particular order from uh, the retro period, which is going to be defined for us as any time from Pong to, say, the mid to late 90s uh, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era. That's uh, going to take us through the time when we were all in college. Which was, you know, when we when we were discussing earlier, we're like, well, yeah, let's make the retro line be everything that we college and back right and then then we all got sad yeah so i'm gonna go through uh my top five and this was really really difficult for me because uh i found when i made my cuts that i actually have nothing on my list from the nintendo entertainment system what what yeah yeah everything why my list has two pc titles and three snes uh one thing that huh. won't surprise you guys is that uh one of my top five is going to be street fighter 2 <laughs> oh not at all yeah, yeah. i'm not surprised by no that. i guess uh i remember when we were all hanging out and uh, i'd picked up a copy of street fighter 2 on a system i'd never played before and after two or three rounds of going undefeated the entire room was rooting for the computer and <laughs> pat made everyone feel better by saying don't worry this is all josh did just sit and eat doritos and play this yes i think i was there for that yeah. i remember cheering for it so yeah i currently actually have reuse hadoken noise as my uh text and email notification on my phone. This has nice. uh, been a lifelong cool. obsession with this game. Going on to another SNES title, I had it listed as the Final Fantasy series, but I'm going to narrow it down to my favorite of that series. It was released in Japan mm. as Final Fantasy VI, and here in the U.S. Yeah. as Final Fantasy III. I figured that would be it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's got one of the best villains ever, Kafka. Yeah. You think that he's kind of just this wacky jester side to the Emperor, and the Emperor's got this plan to turn himself into a god and you get to what you think is the end of the game and the emperor's uh, cackling and you talk him out of his plan because he realizes he's going to destroy the world and Kefka's like no, this is not going to stop. He kills the Emperor, and he makes the world end, and you realize you're only about halfway through the game, and now you have to deal with your party scattered to the four winds. The world is destroyed, and you're in the ruined world trying to put the pieces back together. Can I ask you a question? If the game is called Final Fantasy, how is there more than one? Because That's actually uh, an interesting answer to that question, is Square, uh, now Square Enix, they were not doing so hot at the time Final Fantasy was released, and uh, they had done 
what is now known as the JRPG genre, and this was going to be their last game if it wasn't a hit. Mm. So it, it would have been the Final Fantasy mm. game released by Square back in the day, only it was a, a massive mega hit. I still have my copy of the original Final Fantasy that I, you know, was one of those that I actually wasn't able to buy it, so I had to go to rent it, then, you know, hurry back, and you know, it was like, gotta return it, then see if you can get the cash together and rent it again before somebody else rented it and deleted all your saves. Sure. I hated that. Those That's were the a- days. Joel, let that be a lesson to you. Don't ever ask a rhetorical question to our encyclopedia of geek. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I remember uh, one time when you guys decided you were going to come in when I was working at the hobby shop and uh, said, oh, we're going to stump him. We're going to ask for yeah. a game about a Yeti. I, I was like, yes. Well, are, are you asking for a game by Yeti Incorporated or are you asking for a game featuring a Yeti? Because I have one of each over here. <laughs> we're just like, this game is no fun. <laughs> well, I guess we'll go now. It's, all right. So what's number three, Doctor? Speaking of games that you rent, Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past holds a distinction as the only game that I've paid money to rent after I'd already beaten it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had to had to play it again. Uh, See, and, and that's what I, that's what I hear a lot of complaints about people saying about games today is there's no replay value. Absolutely. Yeah, that's well that's because they keep all the replay value in trying to get us to buy the DLC and that sort of thing. But you're talking about replay as in like from start to finish, not like as in online multiplayer stuff. Right. right. That's something I touched on a little bit in the article I posted over at the 40 Going On 14 main site is that uh, some of these games, I, I love new games, but once you've collected all the achievements and beaten the storyline, I don't see myself in five or ten years going back to those games. But every couple of years, I will uh, load up uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and I'll play through it again. But isn't that where the downloadable content has become kind of more mainstream is that it's a way for them to continue to uh, make people enjoy the game is by giving them a new challenge it depends on the game sure i mean there's yeah it depends on the one on the who the people that are that are buying the game and like if you're going with the the shoot 'em up game that i never play josh that all the 12 year olds play uh, Any one of those. Call Doom? of Duty? Oh. Yeah, Call of Duty, <laughs> that sort of Warfare. thing. Yeah, yeah, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, that, that sort of thing. I mean, that ex- they extend that with more weapons, more, you know, you know, XP, uh, experience boosters, and that sort of thing. Um, one company who I think does DLC right is Gearbox. Sure. And the um, uh, Borderlands series. I mean, they bring out, it's it's essentially basically a whole new chapter to the to those games. And they really make you want to come back and play it again. I think uh, Paradox is another studio that uh, has mastered the art of DLC, and I'll be talking more about them later when we talk about our top five now. Uh, One of the constant complaints about DLC is that, oh, well, they're chopping up portions of the game and selling us not a full game and selling bits of it later. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot going into designing a game where your creative game design team is done, but the game's not ready to be shipped. And those guys are sitting around collecting a paycheck, and uh, there is stuff that they can be working on that isn't going to be... uh, continue like included on the disc mm-hmm. like the version of the disc that goes gold all that content has to be finished and polished and debugged and the design team's just kind of sitting around stroking it and while the uh, quality assurance you know. and all those other people so I, that's something for those guys to do is make more content that can continue to monetize a game all right so what let's see what was number three the legend of zelda one was number that, three? that's yeah. number three these are in no particular order because if i had to <laughs> 
like pick the best. Wow, Legend of Zelda or Final Fantasy would probably be at the top. But th- mm. those are my three SNES titles. And I got two from PC. And one is going to be one of the first games I played on an IBM PC ever. And it's a Sierra Adventure title. And it's not Space Quest. It's not King's Quest uh, or Leisure Suit Larry. It's actually a murder mystery game called The Colonel's Bequest. It's a little bit more obscure than some of the other games on my uh, on my list. But one of the things I loved about it is that you had one consistent story. There was one murderer. But as you played, for one thing, for a game as old as it is, to have a uh, female protagonist who is a strong and well-developed character, that was something that was unusual at the time and would still be unusual if the game came out today. And through observing various characters' conversations, you can't really be anywhere at once, but certain characters are having little side chats, and the mansion that the murder takes place in, there are all these secret passageways, and there are paintings that you can put your eyes through and eavesdrop in the various conversations and figure out the relationship between the characters and the side plots they've got going on, there actually was significant replay value in a genre that usually doesn't have any. Uh, most of the point-and-click adventure games of the early, late 80s, early 90s, you played through them once you did all the puzzles and you were done. Uh, and yeah, also with you can that, only attend. I was going to say, with that being a mystery, I don't how could you replay it? You're like, yeah, I already know who did it. Well, at the end, uh, for one thing, you can guess wrong. Like, who was the actual murderer? Another thing, you can reach the end... And the sleuth, uh, I believe her name was Laura Bow, she had a notebook. And the notebook would tick off all of the different secrets going on that you had learned. And the first time I beat it, I realized there was a whole lot going on that I missed. I think to this day there are still probably individual motivations behind various characters twists and turns their little secrets and subplots that uh, after years of playing it through uh, every couple of years I pick it up again I'm sure I still haven't got that game to 100% that's very cool hmm. yeah and the last game is a game that uh, has followed me through five sequels I-, I believe it's a game that I never completely quit I just briefly go into remission and that'd be Sid Meier's <laughs> Civilization oh god oh, oh yeah god. I, I oh. never stopped playing I- I've played every Civ from one to five, and I never really stopped playing Civ until the next one comes out. My, my father was a was a crazy Civ guy. He played every game all the time. Yeah, yeah. Civ. I remember. I remember one point you waking up, Josh, and asking me to leave your dorm room because you're trying to get to sleep because I was in the middle of a Civ game. <laughs> this isn't your room. Go home. <laughs> That's what we told you a lot, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's going to round out my uh, my top five, and we've got uh, all the genres that I still play to this day. Got a couple of RPGs, uh, a fighting game, and uh, a strategy game, and an adventure game, which is a genre that was once declared dead, but uh, as recently as last year, the Walking Dead adventure game took down a lot of Game of the Year awards. So uh, yeah. That was a great game. Absolutely. All right, so there's Josh's five. Um, Joel, you want to go? Wow, I feel I feel like out of my depth. <laughs> Hard act to follow. One would think you'd huh? be used to that by now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's well, it's unusual, you know, because I if you're talking about movies or music or or things like that, I, I'm right there with you. But then you get into video games, and for me, 
I don't have the depth that you guys do. So I might show my, my naivete here a little bit. Mine are not in any particular order as far as favorites go, but they are in order chronologically just because that's the way my brain was spitting them out. Uh, mm-hmm. so the first on my list is Load Runner, classic PC nice. game that, Sweet. uh, is around. You can still get it on, uh, I believe you can get it on, I downloaded a free version on Xbox Live. You, uh, honestly, Load Runner is out for pretty much everything now. Yeah. But I'm talking about the original and, and being able to build your own levels. And I, and my school had computers really, really early on, uh, my grade school. So, uh, we had it there. Plus I had it at home. So I just played the crap out of that game and I loved it. I don't know if there's actually an ending to it or not. I just had fun, you know, running around and chasing after the, or ch- running from the robots. Mm-hmm. Um, set. Well, what's that? Oh no, I was gonna say I believe that maybe one of the first games where uh, level creation was part of the game. Yes, it absolutely is. Broderbun produced it back in '83. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you like? What system did you play it for first, Joel? Is it like a would have been an Apple two, oh, okay. No, it would have been an Apple two E or two C. I don't remember. My dad had an Apple way back. Let me let me just ask: you, is, is this the game where you had like the maze and you were running around it trying to shoot the robots as they were trying to shoot you? Is it that game? No, you're thinking. Of, I think you're thinking of that, Robotron. Okay. Darn. Or Berserk. I don't know. That, that Berserk, yeah, Berserk, yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. This is the one where it's, you're running up and down. It's it's almost like a Donkey Kong layout where you have levels and you're going up a ladder and you're being chased by these robots and you can throw down this stuff that makes the ground disappear and um, you're trying to get gold or whatever um, and complete the level. I don't think I remember that game. Weird. It's pretty basic. Um, All right. But it's fun. And, and the fact that you could create your own levels uh, made it you know different from every other game that was out at the time. Um, second one on the list is one that I only played at home, which was Karatika. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Sweet. I played that game so many times, so many hours wasted on that game. And, and, and you look back on it now and it's just so simple. You may want to check it out because that one actually was uh, remade last year. Yep. I, see, and I don't know if I want to go back to it or not because when I played the remade Load Runner, I was like, you know, it was, it was fun and I, you know, my daughter got to play it and everything, but it just, it didn't have the same feel to me. And I don't mean to be that guy, but it just lost something in the translation for me. Now, is, is that the is that the karate game where you would punch the bull in the head? It mostly was kicking. You you'd go down a long hallway in this like I don't know shogun. They would just walk up to you, dojo, right? And then you just kick them in the head, and and you fight <laughs> these guys until you get to the the end boss that usually had some sort of a mask with horns on it or something. And uh, there was a falcon, and I don't know. I didn't remember all of it, but I was just a ute. Uh, but yeah, it was that's, fun. that's another one from Broderbund again that was uh, Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game where you punch the bull in the head, it's driving me nuts because yeah, you, Kung, Kung Fu Masters? I don't, it's, it's the game that has the, the had the two joysticks and you would like move them in different directions to make your guy. You, it, was a, it was a one-on-one fighting and then the bonus screen was like the bull was charged at you and you had to punch it right in the head to knock it out. Was I'm, that one? I'm currently hit? Googling game where you punch the bull in the head and Mike Tyson's punch out came up. <laughs> that is definitely bull not hit? the game I'm talking about. Not bull hit. Shut bull up. Bull hit? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't maybe, think it was Kung Fu Master. Um, maybe Fishmouth. What? <laughs> Nothing. Wow. Because the game you're talking about, I think they actually uh, were playing it in the uh, background of a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie at one point. I think you're right about that, yeah. And it's just driving me nuts that I can't remember it. Well, think I used about to play it. That all the time, it was the, it was at the laundromat when I was a kid. I played that all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up kung fu game with bull, and I've got professional bull riders, kung fu panda. 
Oh, that's it, Pat. Back when you went to the laundromat when you were a kid, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. I have to see what this is. <laughs> no, you don't. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next one up would would was would be my first entry. I guess it would be on a Commodore 64, actually, was Mikey. And and I don't know, not too many people seem to remember this game. Um, Josh might. I'm sorry, I'm still focused on the bull. Karate Champ. <laughs> It was Karate Champ. Karate Champ, that's right. Is that totally it? Karate Champ. Yeah, it was totally Karate Champ. <laughs> oh, anyway, nice. go on. I love Champ. that game. Mikey, where you're uh, you're running around a school and you're, I don't know, you're being a bad kid, basically. It was just something fun so the, about it. So the precursor to Bully. I don't know. You know, it's another uh, naughty kid. I almost, I almost said Squaresoft, but that's a um, Rockstar game. Oh, yeah, I was oh. going to say I've always wanted to play Bully, but then again, I did it for real life, so I don't need to play it. I guess. <laughs> no. I'm looking at Mikey in '84, and this is one that uh, actually you you got me, Joel. It's this uh, is one I never played. It, it was fun. I, I don't remember too much about it, other than that. Uh... I'm trying to see if I can find... Yeah, I've never even heard of it. It's a super early Konami hmm. title, huh. and yeah. I had never heard about it until uh, Joel just mentioned it, but I was able to dig it up on Wikipedia. I'm trying to find oh, it yeah, here myself it so I can uh, give you a little bit more feedback, or more about it, since I don't remember too much about it. Other than it seemed like there was something to do with milk and uh, lunch <laughs> trays, <laughs> and... I know, it sounds like I was stoned at the time. Oh, man, I want to play that yeah. game. <laughs> look, the, the poster for it looks like a bad Korean knockoff of an Archie comic. It, it really does look... It, and it looks like he's kicking kids out of their seats in order to collect the hearts that they're sitting on. That's it. <laughs> and the teacher's, like, chasing him around. It says here is that the, the tagline, the whole school is in love with Mikey. Oh, it's, it, you got some re- you got some repressed shit, man. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it says here the game starts at Mikey's classroom. Mike must bump the students out of their seats to collect hearts they're sitting on while simultaneously avoiding the classroom teacher. Once all hearts are collected by the player, he's allowed to leave the room and enter the school corridor. Uh, this explains some of Joel's habits during college. What habits are we talking about? <laughs> and when you just come over and knock people out of their chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the hearts, man? Where's the hearts? Next up is a classic, and probably everybody here has played it. Uh, my Nintendo title, Super Mario Brothers 2. Interesting that you'd choose two, considering most yeah. people talk about one and three being the best of all time, and no. two... Mainly because in Japan, two wasn't even a Mario title. It was a yeah. It was just a, this one. The one that we got over on the state side was actually just a remap of uh, Doki Doki Panic. I think. I think that's what it was. No, two two was I. I used to I'd play it all the way through, and I'd get to where he's sleeping, and the music plays, and I'd listen to that for a while, and I'd enjoy it. And then I'd start all over again. I'd play again. I've got it on my I've got it on my uh, tablet on an emulator and it's just it's not the same without the control pad but i mm. used to play the crap out of that just like night and day that was my favorite game next to bionic commando to play just over and over again um, just to see what was going on in the game just to run around and you know check stuff out wait when when is our cutoff again you said before college or after uh retro was it ended at college so up until we were in college yeah yeah i'm pretty until, sure yeah, everything we final fantasy 3 came out when we were all still in the dorms Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, it sure did. My my last one, I couldn't decide. I couldn't figure, remember which way it was going to fit. And I mentioned Bionic Commando, which made my honorable mention. But we may do a separate blog post on that as a group. Um, would be Duke Nukem 3D, of course. <laughs> I can remember you yelling Nazi rat fucker while playing that game. You're so mad that they killed you. Die, you com- commie pinko pigs. Um, uh, no, I remember. Um, 
all of us at Gen Con, I think 2000, 2001 or two, and Patrick struggling through his inability to play a uh, first-person shooter for two and a half hours we played. Yeah, yeah. And I was nauseous for like the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. nothing beats Pat playing D- Descent. For well, he fell right out of the chair. Oh, yeah, that, that, that game, no, that game for nausea. Hell. <laughs> and it's gotten it's gotten worse, Joel. When he was over here, I tried to play uh, Borderlands with him, and he he could barely watch me play, much less actually play. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, Duke Nukem 3D. I mean, Doom being the precursor to that, and I remember I enjoyed Doom, but when Duke Nukem came out, something about it just hit a sweet spot for me. I don't know if it was the one-liners or the fact that things blew up and there was dancing naked chicks, well, half-naked chicks. <laughs> I think but, all of the above, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Fact, well, part of the fact that you could actually look upwards in the game, too, as a uh, as a new mechanic, where in Doom, you just sort of shot straight and hoped that the missile went in the right direction. Right, because right, it was 2.5D. Uh, the first 3D game, I'm pretty sure, was the first Quake, but uh, Duke had the way they built their levels made it look a reasonable approximation of 3D first-person shooter. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And and you guys can all, I mean, you've already basically testified to the fact that I was addicted to this game to an unhealthy <laughs> point. Oh, yeah, very unhealthy point. I, I'm shocked that one particular game was not on your retro top five, Joel. Really? Do you love a good quiz? Oh, well, of course I love a good quiz. Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Legend, yeah. Oh. Also known as Gambare Goman. I... I if I was going to guess everybody's top five, I would have thought that would have been yours because it made my honorable mention. No, it would be on my honorable mention list along with some other ones. Like you mentioned Street Fighter 2, which I uh, had made it on there and I really, really was close to being in my top five. But um, that would also – you'd also have to throw Tekken 2 in there also, I would guess. Sure. Uh, if you're going to go along those. But then then you get into non-console games and things just get crazy. So You know what? I'll jump in because I want, I'm, want to save the big – Big explanation for last for Patrick because I'm I I just I'm curious as hell because I know you're not as big a gamer as the rest of us on video games so retro top five I went through mine looked at as the what games did you want on a desert island seeing if you had a power some way to power the machines (laughs) right and you decided not to use it to call for help but still no way off the island (laughs) why would I call for help all I get all I get to do is sit and play video games I mean seriously the first Legend of Zelda was is on my list the first NES one made by Nintendo. That game, I got it my freshman year of high school. Like, I got the NES for my birthday and all that, and they bought me the, you know, the gold cartridge and all that, and just absorbed my brain. I mean, I'd love that game to no end. It was just the, it was like the first open-ended game where you step into it, and, oh, there's a cave. Now I have a sword. Now what? <laughs> and was that kind of like, oh, okay, if I go this far, I die. If I go this far, I die. You gotta figure, you know, being able to figure out where you need to go on each level. And pre-internet, you know, there wasn't really a way to go up four screens, turn left, and cross over the bridge. You know, there is no real way place to do, you know, to do it. You have to call friends, you know, or just plug through and keep trying. Uh, so that was my, that was my, uh, first one on the list. You- Number two, I think Josh may know this one. Gunstar Heroes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gunstar Heroes. I played that recently, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's on, um, <laughs> Well, my wife's thirtieth birthday was at an arcade that had a lot of retro machines, and they oh, had that. Nice, nice. God, here I feel old again. Um, <laughs> we had this conversation earlier. Yeah, this one I played with my brother. Uh, I still have the cartridge. In fact, it's sitting here on my desk. It's your basic side scroller, beat 'em up. You know, just tons of enemies coming at you. But the cool thing about it was that the enemies would drop these little orbs, and you could pick up two of them at a time. 
and change your weapons. So you can go from, you can pick up the laser one and there was a mirrored ball and you could pick up that and get the reflecting laser that would bounce all around the screen. Or you can get the two that would, you would get a, like a fighter whip that would come out. Or you could, your, your weapons would change as the game went on. You, they was, they would drop the different, uh, different powers. Um, the other thing was the level design on these things, on this game was ridiculous. It wasn't your standard, like just going to the side. You'd have your vertical and horizontal, uh, runs on it. But one of the other things they had is you actually wound up playing the game, uh, on a board game. So you would have these two dice that you would roll and whatever came up on the roll was a new enemy that would come at you on the next. And you had to get all the way through all the spaces on the board game to get to the end of the, to the end boss on that one. Just really frantic. I am honestly amazed that the Genesis was able to keep up with everything that was going on on that screen because it would just chuck enemies at you left and right. Well, at the time, the Genesis was the superior hardware, but, uh, uh, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo always was a step ahead marketing wise. Uh, virtually, like, you look at any generation of console, the best hardware was almost never what won that generation's console war. No, no. I mean, the Nintendo won it on there just because of the sheer fact the amount of games. And, but the Genesis, it had burst processing. <laughs> oh yeah, blast processing. <laughs> blast processing, that's right. Number three, Final Fantasy Legend for the uh, Game Boy. Okay. Sweet. Interesting, a Game Boy title makes the top list. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. Well, I know, no, this Tetris one, could, we could all say Tetris, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Of, oh, yeah. Game Boy. Tetris totally, completely absorbed my brain, too. But this is uh, the first, um, ARP I had gotten the Game Boy, you know, when the first one came out, and this was the first RPG for the Game Boy that I had gotten. And the cool thing that I liked about this one, once your standard, you know, heroes going to save the world, giant tower in the center of the world, you have to get to the top, and each... Each, like, eight, every, like, five or ten levels, there was another shell of the world that you had to get to to get, defeat the enemy at the very end. What I liked about this one is you chose your characters at the very beginning, and you chose their race. So it would be, like, you'd have elves, humans, uh, mutants, and then there were actually, you could play monsters. So you would have, like, a, a dragon, you would have a, a devil or whatever would be the, you know, all the way, all the main cho- main choices, and as you played, you had certain powers that would morph and change as you leveled up. So you would have a fire spell for like the first five or six levels, and then you would level up, and suddenly it would turn into you know a freeze. You know, like you'd be able to freeze the enemies, or you're you're you never knew what was coming around the corners. Like as your characters leveled up, your powers got more powerful, but at the same time, you never knew what was going to happen to them. And sometimes with the uh, with the uh, monsters, they would even change into another monster. Which kind of that randomness kind of addicted me. And, but I think the big thing for me was being able to take a Final Fantasy game and carry it around with me. Cause road trips and that sort of thing just completely, that absorbed my brain in the car when we were going places. Dad, you like to have a fantasy in your pocket. <laughs> Don't you know it. Oh. Uh, number four, Shadowrun for the Genesis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> just. I mean, I'm, I'm going through all the games that I have, and it's like I'm looking at the ones where the label is more worn off than, you know, all the other ones. And <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Joel. And Gunstar <laughs> Heroes and Shadowrun on the Genesis. What? I'm just nothing, imagining nothing. you, like, going and playing Russian Roulette with your games. You're like, which game am I going to play? I don't know. I can't tell. Like, the label's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you, all my labors are gone. I don't know what games I have. But Shadowrun for the Genesis, we had discussed when the new um, Shadowrun Reborn or Shadowrun... Returns. Returns. Yeah, I almost said Reloaded. Shadowrun Returns came out. 
uh, a lot of reflection back on the original Shadowrun games. And there was the one for the Super Nintendo, and then there was one for the Genesis. And those both came out while we were in college and playing Shadowrun. And overall, the better, quote-unquote, Shadowrun game was the Genesis one. Oh, absolutely. It was definitely more true to the pen and paper RPG. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, again, great, you know, that sort of who killed mystery. You're you're the Shadowrunner trying to get through uh, Seattle and solve what's going on while not getting yourself killed. And the, the Matrix and the uh, the hacking combat wasn't too bad either. Uh, it, so that, and, that game was good enough that it got me to play a console game. Well, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, shut up. Um, number five? <laughs> Yes. Road Rash for the Genesis. I got the flu when I was in, in uh, high school and went to, you know, rent me a game, just something to do for this week. And I played Road Rash up and down that motorcycle game, driving great soundtrack for the time and being able to take a chain and whack the other riders off their bikes and that sort of thing. That was my uh-huh. just that's kind of like my stupid fun game. And honestly, I really wish they would remake that game because it's it's ripe for something new. I remember this and, game. I'm looking. I just looked it up, and I remember playing this. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's a fun game. I, I you know, it's one of my top five. So, <laughs> Patrick. Yes, sir. Um, well, unlike you guys, um, I'm not really a console gamer. The last console I played on was an Intellivision. I was more. I'm more of a PC guy. I've been a PC guy most of my life. So most of my games are either uh, going to be PC games or arcade games. So you've never been politically correct. <clears throat> No, PC is in personal computer, sir. Oh. And I was I was politically correct for a while. But anyway, um, obviously the Sierra games um, is at the top of the list. The, all the Quest games, the King's Quest and Police Quest, and those are just awesome games. And I spent many, many, many hours playing those games. And they came up with so many different sequels to all of them. I just kept buying them up and playing them all the way through and eating them up as much as I could. So <laughs> <laughs> those yeah, were yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that was my uh, number one and number two, King's Quest and Police Quest. Um, I would say number three is definitely, definitely Bard's Tale. I played oh, the hell out of that oh. game. So good. <laughs> that great game, that friggin' rat. <laughs> <laughs> I played that game for, I mean, just, I don't know, untold hours. I had my, all my characters were so powerful. I would just walk into rooms where I knew there were like four groups of 99 zombies and we would just plow through them like they were butter. So yeah, I played that game way too much. It got boring. I played it so much. Now that one actually, um, has been remade also. I saw that actually and I was afraid to buy it because again, like you talked about, I just didn't want to ruin the memory of the game, you know, so I was afraid to buy it and take it home and be like, oh, this sucks. Good call on well, that here's one. The thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I not, wisely. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great remake, um, but what I do like about, you get it for the Android or iPhone, the original games come with it. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, so you can get you can download all the original games, uh, and you know just I think it's maybe three ninety nine. My barbarian Rhododen could live again. Yeah, and they don't actually make you play the modern remake in order to play the old ones, so there's that. <laughs> there's a win win. <laughs> the number four is is a tie between two games. They're so very similar that I, I just I put them together at number four. Um, and they're arcade stand up games, and I call them together the quarter destroyers. Uh, that would be Gauntlet and Dragon's Lair. Oh, oh. <laughs> you hit a sweet spot right there. Yeah, those games. I just I I can't. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I walked in and bought a roll of quarters and just packed it open right there on the game and just d- dropped them all in the, inside of an hour. <laughs> yeah, and the, I think the most frustrating thing about Dragon's Lair was when you played it, or actually discovering how it ran, 
realizing that you were basically working a big remote control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a laser disc <laughs> with a cartoon on it, and either you hit the remote correctly or you didn't and you died. It was a yeah, exactly. yeah, look. When I when I first saw it, I was just drawn to it, and and I put the quarters in. Not, I mean, it was the first game I'd ever seen that cost more than a quarter to play. First of all, you know, and I, I was just I immediately put my money in there, you know, just drawn to it. Didn't know what the heck was going on, and I just kept watching him die over and over again. And I was getting so frustrated. I'm like, I don't even know how he's dying or what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> what was remind me? What was the space version of that? There was a another one. Space oh. Ace. Space Ace. Space Ace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, and they were they were both done by uh, Don Bluth. Yep. And they made a Animation. cartoon out of the dragon out of Dragon's Lair. Yeah, they did. And Space Ace was uh, recently re-released for Steam. You can get you can get both of them, I believe, on um, on iTunes too, which makes it a lot easier, you know, because you think it's like what maybe six bucks, which is nothing compared to how much I spent trying to yeah. play that damn game. <laughs> right. I had to have spent as a kid. I had to have spent fifty dollars on that game out of my own pocket. You know, I don't know how many lawns I mowed just to play that game. Is that, oh, is yeah. that code, Pat? <laughs> no, that was not a euphemism. Oh, <laughs> I was at. I remember being at Chuck E. Cheese for somebody's birthday party, and that's the first time I ever saw that game. And I was just, I fell in love instantly. I think just because of the graphics alone, just watching the the animation. Exactly. Not even knowing what I was doing, I just kept putting right. the quarters in. <laughs> You're like, why well, is he me running from a giant marble down a lighted hallway? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you know me with the animation thing. It's like when I saw that, it was just the end of it. You know, because it's like you, there were already Don, uh, Bluth animation out in the uh, theaters. Right. By that time, so you recognize his style. Yeah, and it's just like the first time you see it, it's like, I can control a cartoon? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Yeah. And the character was very charismatic. I know that's not something you really say about a, a cartoon, but he just, he was one of those characters where he came to life just when you see him, even just, you know, static, he's not moving. You wanted to know more about him. Right. Dirk, Dirk the Daring. Yeah. There was, he just, he, he was just very, you know, if they ever made a movie of it back then, it would have been played by Bruce Campbell, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And it, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just such a groundbreaking game in so many ways. So I had to put that one in there. Yeah. Good call. All right. And then like it. The, the number five one is a game actually, you know, um, if, if I had, I, I kind of did this leaning towards more towards my age of 14 rather than the college years for these games. Cause if I'd done college years, I obviously would have included the Shadow Run game. NBA Jam. And NBA Jam. Those would have had to have been. But I, so I did, I did it all like for the young ones. So when I was younger, when I was like 12 and 14, one of my favorite games. And I remember every time I went to an arcade, I would seek it out. And it's just such a bad, cheesy, awful game, but I love it. Battle Zone. Oh yeah, Battlezone. Oh good. no, Battlezone's fantastic. That, that, that game, it, but it's just like so simplistic and so crappy, but it's just so fun. Just you know, moving yourself yeah. around in that crappy little, horribly rendered like 2D environment and looking for the other yeah. tanks and trying to blow them up before you get blown up. It's just so simplistic. Yeah, and sticking your head in that little that little uh, port. I think that and might watching, have... and then gagging because it smells like cigarettes and beer. <laughs> This smells like unemployment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of a, a precursor to the hours we spent uh, later in Battletech pods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Slightly better graphics. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I remember but, that. But, I mean, game. that was a big part of that game, though, sticking your your face in the, in the little porter, the little uh, porthole. What, what, not portholes. What's a periscope <laughs> hole or whatever? I yeah, don't the know. periscope thing, yeah. yeah. The glory hole, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, always, I always want to preface the word hole with glory. I can't stop it. You weren't at an arcade. <laughs> you were at your I, I uncle have... No-No's house. 
<laughs> there was a slot to put quarters in, though, actually. I don't understand that. Every time I play, my throat hurts. <laughs> and I, I do have one I do have one honorable mention um, was the game Tapper. Do you guys remember that one? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. I love that game. Reference so recent, in the recent hit uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's probably the reason I ended up being a bartender for so many years. I love that a game. A drunk? So, not a drunk. I mean, well, okay, a drunk, yeah. <laughs> So you were inspired to become a bartender from a video game? Yeah, probably. Why weren't you inspired to be an adventurer who wanted food badly? (laughs) I thought I was going to die of dysentery, so I didn't want to do that. (laughs) Another surprise not hearing a game on your retro list, Pat. I expected you to say front page sports football. Oh, man. That game was... I remember you and I were obsessed with that, and no one else seemed to know about it. I forgot all about that game, actually. Oh, man. I still don't know about it. I was obsessed with that game. I mean, that was like fantasy football before fantasy football was popular. Sure. Yeah, that was. I, I forgot about that one. That was an awesome game. Yeah, it was Sierra Online, uh, probably their only sports game? Yeah. Yeah, they're their first and only foray into sports, as far as I remember. But yeah, I mean, and, and it was one of the first times you could actually like update your team by going online and downloading their patches and stuff like that. Yeah, like you could actually keep your team current as far as what it was in the actual NFL. Like if somebody got, you know, if somebody on the, you know, the Chargers got injured, you could download that and he'd be injured in your game. Just real quick, um, I wanted to ask you guys because this was driving me nuts, and I figured you guys are the guys to ask. There were two games when I was trying to think of games. There were two games I couldn't remember the names of, and I remember playing the crap out of them. There were, one of them was there was a fight. It was a fighting game, a one-on-one fighting game. You would, and you had to you had to keep moving up the ranks, and each person you fought was tougher. But it wasn't like a first-person perspective. You were controlling them almost like a Mortal Kombat way. Like there was a lady that threw fans, and then there was a guy that had a chain that it would throw at you, and you would try to hit you with that. You, you guys remember that game at all? Yes. What's the name of that game? I don't know. Now you're going to drive me nuts. Exactly. It's been driving me crazy. I cannot remember the name of that game. Josh, do you remember that it's, one? It's not ringing any bells because when you talk about like throwing a chain and throwing fans, that actually sounds like Mortal Kombat. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was, this was like way before Mortal Kombat. It was like really, really badly graphic Mortal Kombat. It, it, it was it kind of like like Narc that kind of graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I. Oh, now now I'm tortured too. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is Thanks. also one I played at the arcade when we went for my wife's birthday, and uh, it's going to drive me nuts because it was actually digitized actors, like badly digitized actors, but there were actually like human oh, Pit fighter. Pit fighter. Pit That's fighter. exactly what it is. Yes, thank you. Horrible. When you get too close to the crowd and the crowd like start beating up on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that was that, yes. that game so much. How do I even yeah. remember that one too? I'm look, I just looked it up and here it is. Man, I yeah. I, yeah, I, just, I just remember, like, you know, people throwing their punches so fast, the head's just going kind of snapping back, like, oh. <laughs> that was a fun game. Anyway, and then the other one that I wanted to re- – um, there was a game. It was one of the first ones that, uh, that had an actual, like, gun mounted on it. It had two Uzis side by side, and you were always in the jungle in, like, a river landscape kind of thing, and you were fighting commandos, and there was a red button on the Uzi that would launch Operation a Wolf? Operation Wolf. Thank you very much. Oh. That was bugging me all no. day. Now Patrick can sleep. Yes. Aw, nighty night, Pat. Good night. <laughs> and that's the show for the week, kids. Yeah. <laughs> now that he's asleep. <laughs> Quick, get his credit uh, card number. So, Joel, did you have any uh, honorable mentions for the uh, retros? Oh, I mentioned them already. Well, then, okay. Yeah. Josh? Uh, we've kind of gone over most of my honorable mentions, but the big one that was in my top five – until basically this morning when I made some last-minute changes to both my uh, retro and current top five. The one mm-hmm. that got cut wasn't NES title. It was River City Ransom. 
Ooh. River City Ransom, in some ways, was the precursor to uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja Gambari Goman, where you're, uh, it's sort of like a, dra- a double dragon kind of side scrolling beat em up, except it had the RPG elements. You're fighting the various gangs through the city and towards the school, and they drop coins when they died, kind of bouncing, and you'd take the coins and you could buy special shoes, you could buy special <laughs> uh, books with techniques. My mama in. says I have special shoes. <laughs> uh, you could even go in to like get a massage, which would uh, give you all of your health back. I, I played the crap out of that game, Josh. Oh, me yeah. And Matt, so me good, and Matt but... Brown played that for hours. You, you know what game you just reminded me of in describing that was uh, Double Dragon. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that game. Double Dragon was good. I want to say that I think Streets of Rage was another one of those um, honorable mention ones. What about Bad Dudes? <laughs> what, what, what about Bad, bad Dudes? <laughs> that was a oh, fun yeah. game in the it arcade. Too, oh, I owned it, but it was terrible. No, I mean, in the arcade, not the home the version. The arcade version, not the home version. The home version was it just, just because you put it in a stand-up thing doesn't mean it's any better. <laughs> it was better. Streets of Rage, we were, incidentally, Streets of Rage. Uh, had one of the all-time greatest soundtracks. Uh, of games of all time that I can think of, featuring Elder it did have it had, did have good music, yeah. Another one for the uh, for the uh, off the cuff one, the on arcades, the Dungeons and Dragons games. Oh sure, do you guys remember going to the mall and just dumping quarters into the? I, I forget the name of it. They just been released on uh, Xbox. Yeah, Chronicles of Mistara. I'm pretty sure was one of them. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to think of know, the other re- one. Yeah, I just remember, I think you were there, Josh and Pat. I don't know if you were there, Joel, but just playing that game where it was just a serious quarter eater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember we faced that one dragon, and as soon as he breathed, we're all just like, okay, going down, put more quarters in. <laughs> the <laughs> like, dragon shows up and breathes, we're all like, more quarters, more quarters. Are yeah, it's like the dwarfs would say, you're going to dump at least 20 bucks a piece before you even dent this thing. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, yeah, because it warned us three times to not fight the dragon. Because yeah, you could choose that, yeah. to go left or right, and we're like, oh. There's a dragon to the right. Well, this is Dungeons and Dragons. We gotta fight the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Is it, are you sure you want to go to the right? Oh yeah, we're uh, sure. Let's go. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> it's like, do you plan listen. to retire when you're older? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, we're gonna take a break now. Gonna have a little interlude, and then we're gonna come back with our five current top five lists for the games from let's see, it would be like. 98 to now? Sure, and we're going to have a trivia question for a games giveaway for a PC title in that yes. segment as well. So everybody uh, stick around, and we'll have that uh, trivia question coming up. And Josh has got a game that he's going, a game code he's going to give out for uh, Steam. We will see you in a little bit. Hey, everybody, this is Mike. I'm just stopping the show for a second here to let you know about the music that we're playing today. It is the band Sudden Death and their song Getting Old Sucks. Very topical for us. And uh, you can get that uh, if you follow the show notes or go to musicalley.com. And uh, you can find a bunch of podcast-safe music out there to use for your podcasts and recordings. So, uh, again, here's a little bit more of Sudden Death and Getting Old Sucks. 
you know you're getting older, things will never be the same. The day a little kid beats you in a video game, how they remember the moves and the combos and quirks, I'll never know. But hey, I remember the snorks. When I was a kid, we didn't have the internet, which of course made porn a lot harder to get. And our cars didn't have GPS, we had a mess of a map that you couldn't refold for crap. I used to stay out late on a date, get drunk as a skunk, stumble home, get off the field, great. Now, I'm home by 8 to watch MacGyver, and the only thing I'm drinking is for supplemental fiber. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are 40 going on 14, and we are coming up on the second portion of the show where we're going to be going over the top five current generation games for everybody. And the current generation, as we have defined it, has been everything after college. That's going to be right around when the PlayStation 1 came out. Yeah. What did you say, like 98 forward? No, you know what? Actually, it's going to be like 96. 90, yeah, it's like 95, 96, somewhere in there. Yeah, because the PlayStation 1 came out in 96, 97. So... Oh, Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to suggest that we we do the reverse order that we did last. So I go first. Great minds, great minds think alike, and so do we. I was interrupting you to say precisely that. <laughs> Don't we have a trivia question though to do? Or we do that? Now? We can do that at the end. We'll do it at the end. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll do All it right. at the end. All right. So I will lead off here, and we'll save our anchor, which is will be Josh, rightly so. All right. So uh, top five of the what we'll call the current era, I guess. Um, and this is where I know I knew when I wrote this that I was gonna I was gonna get shellacked by you guys for this, but I had to put any kind of <laughs> any kind of WWE wrestling game because I don't I mean that's the, the only thing that I would even touch a console for at all is one of these wrestling games because I don't care what you want to say those things are fun. You know? No shame in it. I thought you were gonna say I... Farmville. <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna get a shellacking. No, no, I just, I just, I was like, I cannot reference wrestling two weeks in a row. They're gonna think I'm really converted into the. That's a paddling. Laughing <laughs> <laughs> in my shoes. Right, so yeah, yeah any... the next one's NASCAR. I mean, you might get a shellacking, but <laughs> no, it's it's a Larry Skeet shooting game is number two. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> Let's see with the wrestling. I will tell you is that the games that have been coming out, they are a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, they're and and the graphics are amazing. It honestly, it's like if you watch the two guys play, it's like you're watching an actual match. I mean, I'm blown away by the graphics. And now that you're able to like edit your own intro uh, intro scenes. And do that sort of thing. If you're building your own uh, character and that sort of thing, you can make your own entry to this entry to it and make your own different gestures and build your own character from the ground up. And can you smell I... what the pat's cooking? <laughs> and all I know is I got far, far too excited when I saw an online ad for the next wave of the the next year's WWE game when you could be you could finally be the Ultimate Warrior. I was just far too excited. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and after after that, I got really ashamed at how excited I got because I saw that they were advertising the Ultimate Warrior. I was like, no. Way. <laughs> and then I immediately was just shamed to myself. I was like, oh. Like no shame, unless you were like in the middle of Walmart wearing pants or. <laughs> well, what other way is there to be in Again. <laughs> yeah, that's a prerequisite. All right, so my number two, um, I just, I, I, I didn't mean to cop out on this, but I just wrote, you know, anything poker related. Because basically, it's, if it, you know, if it's a poker game, I'll give it a shot. And because I'm still waiting to find one that is, is realistic. The AI is just so awful in all the poker games. So I will buy anything poker related and try it and play it and wear it into the ground until I hate it and buy something else. So what's your what has been your best one so far? Um probably this current one that I'm playing now actually um because it it's what is it called it's called World Class Poker 
and it has like your know, World Series of Poker simulators. You can play World Series of Poker tournaments and everything like that. You know, and, but you can do cash games. You can do everything, and it's got everything all the way down to like five card draw and stuff. So it's got yes. you know, and and the AI isn't horrible. You know, it's it's just not good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cannot do that. <laughs> um, number three, I I kind of cheated a little bit, and and I put you know because I don't even have this game yet, but I know I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna play the shit out of it as soon as I download it. That's the Shadow Run game that just came out. I haven't even downloaded it, and I'm already in love with it just by watching the demos. So I know I'm, <laughs> I know I'm going to be addicted to it. So I haven't downloaded it yet because I know I'm going to cease to do anything as soon as I do. I I have it, and I have to agree, it's a great game. Awesome. Very I, good. I just, yeah, cool. I'm I'm so happy that it lived up to the my expectations. I can't wait to play it. So uh, number and I four. I think you're. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say I think you're smart waiting because if I had a criticism about the new Shadowrun game, it is that. The single-player campaign is exceptionally short, so once the uh, community has had time to design a few levels, uh, I think you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of it. Because I, yeah. I want to say I beat the single-player campaign in about eight, nine hours. And, then, and that's the other thing is I'm, I'm, I'm seriously waiting for is the, for the, when they get to where they, you can multiplayer, and like I talked to you guys about, I want to run a game through it. You know, so, so i got to get in there and figure it out and play it a lot and get really used to it. So, yeah, and learn how to design uh, levels, too. So The Return of Painter. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, all right. So my number four, um, because like I said, my earlier list I was doing earlier in my life, I included uh, in, in these in the later years Street Fighter Two for myself because I counted that as more like a you know an, an adult game because I played it more as an adult than I did it ever as a kid because I didn't play it till I got to college and roomed with Josh and Josh introduced it to me and beat my ass every single day repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> and he will tell you how many times I threw the, the controller down in disgust and stormed out of the room. <laughs> yeah, he was a good loser. Yeah, good time. I wish I mean, he had lots of practice. <laughs> <laughs> you think it wouldn't upset me so much? I got so used to it. You know, I did it so much, but yeah. So, dude, yeah, I'm, but getting, I'm... Si- getting sick of Pat being in the room. Josh, beat him at Street Fighter. <laughs> Sometimes all you have to do is bring up playing Street Fighter. That's true. Yeah. You're cheating. <laughs> and he walks out of the room and flips the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then my my number five game for uh, current is is actually a retro game, and it's a game that I find that I enjoy a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid. And that's Galaga. I don't know why. I just I never hmm. liked that game as a kid, and I just whenever I see it in an arcade now, I play it, and I'll sit there and play it for half an hour to an hour. I love Patrick that. was watching uh, the Avengers, and he's like, "Oh, that's a good idea. I'll play some Galaga." <laughs> I just, I mean, I appreciate that game so much more now, you know, than I did as a kid. And I don't know why, but no, it's a great game. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know why I didn't like it as a kid. You missed well, the you adult kid. subtext when you were a child. <laughs> now he has two lasers. <laughs> yeah, what, uh... you know what you have to you have to keep your eyes out for is the uh, class of '84 uh, console. If you ever see one of those for sale that has Galaga and Mrs. Pac-Man in the same console. I've never been a Pac-Man guy though. I didn't. I didn't enjoy Pac-Man. It was too no? competitive. Yeah, I love Galaga, <laughs> so I don't know. Go, yeah, what? was that? So that's the truth then. And poker. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So that's your five. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, not really. I don't play a whole lot of games nowadays. Yeah, but I mean, you have favorites. The wrestling one, that's fun. Yeah, that wrestling, that wrestling is. ones I like. Hey, Pat. Yes. Ultimate Warriors coming on the next uh, World. Oh. <laughs> I'm unreasonably excited about that. Okay, if you if you bring that up, makes him make that noise. We have to make a rule that we don't bring that up anymore because it's a horrible noise. Aww. Now it's me. Yep. Right. All right. Current top five. No particular order. Going to go back to the Dreamcast for this one and uh, Power Stone. Never heard of it. Me either. Josh. Oh yeah, I'm pretty 
sure we actually okay. played Power Stone uh, at the apartment very briefly when uh, some of Joel's friends from out of town brought their Dreamcast. Yeah, I bought that was that was one of the first games that I got when I got the Dreamcast, and it's imagined a isometric view fighter where you can use you can grab a pillar and smash the opponent with the pillar, and there's like swords and weapons laying around. You can grab the swords and that sort of thing and bash each other around. You can play four players at a time. You had four people all in a grand melee going on in there, but the whole object of the game was to get a hold of the, the, of course, the power stones, and there were three of them at each level. And once your character got them, they would morph into like the super being of their character and just decimate everybody. And that was that was a, a lot of fun for its for a multiplayer game. Getting four people into that game and playing it all at the same time was a riot. So that's my first one on there. What year uh, was that? Roughly? That was 1999. Because there's different versions here. I'm just trying to look it up and see if I remember it. But Yeah, Power Stone 1 was the one that I liked a lot. The Power Stone 2 was, I mean, it was an upgrade, but it wasn't. Honestly, I didn't think it was as fun as the original one. Um, and actually, the uh, anniversary of the Dreamcast uh, release was September 9th. I don't yeah, 9-9-99. That, uh, that was the release date. Wow. Was it that long ago? It was. That I got on the bus and went down to uh, North Riverside Mall <laughs> to get my Dreamcast. Hey Pat, can oh, you only eat potatoes right now? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, if I make it to the bus stop, I may actually make it home with this thing. Oh, number North, two, North Riverside Mall, so many memories. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's number where I got two, staff. That's where everybody got staff. It was wow. free with when you walked in the door. Yeah. So uh, number two on the list, the Portal series. On the PC by Valve. Patrick, you should never play this game. I never have and never will. <laughs> no, this is a first person. It's more of a puzzle game. Like Myst? No. It's it's a physics puzzle game. The initial plot of the game is you would you would like it, Joel. It's because it's got this kind of mystery to it. You wake up in a in a testing room and the robotic voice is telling you, Okay, you're going to test out this portal gun for us. But first, you know, teaches you how to pick up the box, put the box on the, the platform to open the door, and step by step it walks you through all these things. And if you've never played it, Joel, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but just say if, at a certain point in the game, things go horribly wrong. <laughs> What's in the that's, box? I mean, and, and number two, they actually, the first one ended, and it had it had a nice, you know, good closure to it. They actually changed the ending to the original game and put up new video to uh, be able to release the second one. So they changed the ending to it, and uh, people were kind of frustrated and you know, started yelling and screaming about that, but it was completely worth it for the second game. Number three, uh, World of Warcraft. Oh, I did love that game. No, 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 no. no we're not, I'm, well, I'm talking, yeah, the Warcraft series, but right now I'm just talking about the... Oh, uh, you're talking about the Warcraft. online, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, never mind, yeah. But, I mean, in the whole series, the whole the whole Warcraft series as a whole is ridiculously good. Um, I can see my house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's Patrick playing... Uh, uh, orcs versus humans and refusing to kill that last orc on the screen until he had raised every single tree from the from the map. He was you had some weird obsessions with that game, man. But uh not, with the world of Warcraft, that game. Yeah. We know. World of Warcraft Pat, with your your obsessive compulsiveness on the games, you should never play it. <laughs> I have to see every square inch. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. That's what I would do um, Yeah, once and once you start rolling into it, you know, you get, you know, open up the whole map, then you have to get the next level, then you have to complete the dungeons. 
I've had, I mean, some people out there don't have really good experiences with World of Warcraft. I've had some good teams and good uh, uh, groups that I've run with. Um, the only drawback to that one that I've ever had is that I'm pretty much a PvE person, player versus environment. Um, not too much getting into the guilds and getting into the end game, but as they release more and more content, I'm always running around discovering new stuff. Other one, uh, Half-Life 1 and 2. I remember, just... I remember when you were obsessed with that right out of college, yeah. Oh, yeah. Half-Life, the first game with Gordon Freeman and the uh, the guy in the suit and all that. That great plot line, great game. You know, that uh, guy in the suit. He don't really identify him. I mean, they, they call him Sooty. Sooty. Sooty <laughs> McSootington. Yeah, um, he's, he's like the government agent, the man in black. The cigarette-smoking yeah. man, yeah. Basically, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, take Men in Black and Cigarette Smoking Man, wad him up into a ball, and that you've got the guy in the suit. Because initially, it's one of those guys that as you're fighting through the levels, you see him like up on a platform, and he watches you fight for a second, and then he picks up his briefcase and he walks away. And you know, through, and through the entire game, he's just in the background, and you you notice him quickly. It'll, nine times out of ten, it'll be in the middle of a firefight where you won't be able to like, like watch what he's doing, but you'll see him, and he'll just sort of <laughs> nod, get up, leave, and he's been watches you through the entire game and then brings comes back in the second one. And um, both games, I mean, it's they, both of them have gone gold and gone platinum, and it's the plot of the game itself was actually expanded on very well in Half-Life uh, 2 and the ex- other uh, shorter expansions that came off came off of that. Sudi, I love you, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there ever any kind of resolution? Did you ever find out who the guy was? Uh, in the ending of the first game, he reveals that he's sort of testing you, and that oh, kind should, of should we say spoiler alert? <laughs> at this point, if you haven't played Half Life, you're probably not going to. That's good. I mean, it, uh, it's... there goes my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some resolution to it. It uh, does, you know, there is some uh, exposure to what he is. But the enemies in this game is one of the cool things about was it. it. Was like it Hitler? He, yeah, he was Hitler. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's spoiler alert. Game. Yeah. Everyone's still waiting for uh, Half Life Three because uh, Half Life Two Episode Two uh, kind of left you on a cliffhanger, and uh, mm-hmm. it's been how many years now? Oh man, I want to say at least six. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been a while, and it's another one of those games where people were able to. It gave they gave you the level editors, and you were able to play which. Uh, Half-Life also spawned Team Fortress and those sort of games and that style of game. So people were able to actually build levels and upload them and play them on the servers and that sort of thing, which is another cool social aspect of it is being able to play the, you know, play the new levels. But the, but the best thing about the game is the gravity gun. Uh, it's that halfway through the game, you get a, uh, gun that actually manipulates gravity. So you can, as you're playing through it, everything becomes a weapon. So you're running through this zombie town. You can use the gravity gun to grab the pile of saw blades that's sitting over there and just start chucking saw blades at people. The mechanic for that for that weapon was fantastic. So it's it's, it's kind of like a like a Green Lantern ring light. Not you can pick things up and you could fire them. Oh, you, you can't can, like make them into anything else. No, no, oh, no. You couldn't okay. create anything. It was like you can you if you've got you know a a, a bucket of paint. All the things in the it was this uses the uh, havoc engine, so it was like a lot of items in the worlds were manip- uh, able to be manipulated. You can pick them up, use them, knock them down, that sort of thing. So when you had enemies coming at you, if you have the gravity gun, or if you're like you know you're never out of bullets because there's always something to pick up and shoot at them. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's like you you'd grab propane tanks and fire a propane, and propane tank. Propane accessories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, my last one on the list is uh, Borderlands Two. 
by Gearbox for the PC. I hear a lot of good things about that. It's a beautiful so looking good. game, but I can't play it. <laughs> you would have to take a whole pack of Dramamine to play that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember when I tried to play it? Yeah. Oh yeah. You and I sat down and I had yeah, it's a beautiful to game. Vibe. It really is. Nice yeah, mashup graphics... of a first-person shooter and RPG. Mm-hmm. And the sense of humor in that game is ridiculously great. <laughs> I mean, there are so many in-jokes through the entire thing. In the first one, in uh, Dr. Doctor Ned's zombie... Uh, uh, Zom- yeah, Zombie Island of Dr. Ned. The whole game you, does not take itself seriously. It's got this tongue-in-cheek thing through the entire game. There's actually a Scooby-Doo quest... <laughs> where you have to hunt down all these people that have disappeared looking for they're, they're trying to find the big ghost and they've all disappeared so little by ghost. little exactly <laughs> and yeah and you you wind up finding like the corpse of Shaggy laying in it's like just the, you know and all the names are just like one letter off yeah oh, pretty Maggie. much Roll. question a... though Mike at any point in that yes. game do you have to knock people out of their chairs to get hearts that are sitting on <laughs> If not, you've lost Joel's interest. I, yeah, I, I'm me. out. I'm out. You're, I'm, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't. I'm not saying there isn't <laughs> because I, I have not. I don't. Saying, no. I haven't played a hundred percent. I don't have a hundred percent completion on any of that. So, so. It's, it's a one in a million chance. But there is a chance. Then <laughs> there. Okay, let me put, let me put it this way, Joel. There is one quest in Borderlands Two where you just have to shoot a guy in the face. <laughs> And any guy? He's no, he's no, no, no. His name is Shooty McFace, guy. actually. <laughs> yeah, his name is Shooty McFace, and all <laughs> he has a great show on Fox. <laughs> well, not anymore since you shot him in the face, right? But he he stands there and he's just screaming at you, "Shoot me in the face!" And then the, you know the quest thing pops up and it just says, "Just shoot him in the face." So you take the gun, shoot him in the face. There you go. Have some gold. Have some experience. You're good. You know it's. That sort of ridiculousness through the entire game, and now as it goes through with more, more DLC, they—I mean, the latest one, Pat. I now wish shoot him in the crotch, right. shoot him in the chest. <laughs> well, I mean, well, the uh, the, the latest uh, Tiny Tina's um, Big, Dragons Quest for the Dragon, something Assault on Dragons Keep, where she decides yes. to get everybody together to play a game of bunkers and badasses. Pat, you. <laughs> You would laugh your ass off at the whole thing just because it's so many in jokes on RPG stuff through the entire so game. So not only would Pat be needing some Dramamine, he would also need an inhaler. Pretty much, yeah. you're gonna kill Pat. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I, it, I just it, almost it, died. I just turned my mic back on. I I, I coughed myself to death. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quests in uh, Borderlands Two is one where they tell you that Prince Jeffrey is being a douche, so you gotta slap him around to make him stop being such a douche. <laughs> yeah, I I think I've just come up with the perfect concept for a game. Oh God! It, what the, the the whole quest, the whole purpose of the game is to turn it off. So as soon <laughs> as you turn it on, you have to turn it off because that's the that's the, you solve the quest. But in order to get to the next quest, well, you can't because the game's off. <laughs> Fifty nine ninety nine. It'll be out next fall. Yeah, I yeah, think <laughs> when I played World of Warcraft, I lost that game. <laughs> that's the I was unable to turn it off for six years. That's the opposite. Yeah. I know two marriages that broke up because of that game. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Oh, yeah. Dead serious. Wow, that's that's crazy. Wow is right. Well, I yeah, mean, and The Sims did the same thing to people, too, right? Didn't that make people break up? Well, yeah, The Sims have done it. I mean, there's, I mean, you can't, I mean, every game at one point or another has caused strife in some relationship or at one point or another. Even Mikey? I was, yeah, Amy's even not Mikey. mad at me many times because I pushed her out of the chair and I'm like, where's the hearts? <laughs> I can never eat dinner with you. You're always knocking me out of my chair. <laughs> but I have to get to the hallway. 
Where are the hearts? I can't leave the house until I get enough hearts. Fucking Mikey. <laughs> I was thinking about if, if World of Warcraft had, had existed when we were in school, oh. I'm thinking we would have never graduated. We we been, I might not have graduated. Yeah. <laughs> How many of us here graduated? Raise your hand. <laughs> not me. You graduated, Mike, right? I think my, yeah, I graduated. You're the only Mike's one. Only one, right? Yeah, I graduated of four of us? later, but not from college. That not from the college we started at. No, I think I'm the only one that graduated. I just from graduated there. two years ago. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I was. They just politely asked me to leave, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then no, not so politely later after I. Yeah, they didn't play. They, they did. They did to you what they did to that guy in office space. Let's say, let's move him down to the basement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But no, I mean, remember we had we had people in the school that uh, wound up dropping out after a semester because of the, just the muds. Oh Jesus Christ, Pater mud, Pater mud. Yeah, oh, and God. those were the precursors to the MMORPGs, really. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean, could you imagine if we had the graphics of uh, World of Warcraft and that sort of thing? We would have never left the PC lab. No. Nope. Hardly, so. We hardly left it as it was. I mean, we were right. either. In, we were, yeah, that's true. We were either in the hallway of the dorm in the cafeteria. Or in the in the PC lab, that was it. Lined up next to each other. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Jay we were sitting there running the place. Wait, what, Josh? I was gonna say we are either playing video games or playing Magic, and for me, so much is different now. <laughs> <laughs> now it's either playing Magic or playing video games. You know, At least right. you get regular sex now. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's different. <laughs> that, that's that's a good point. <laughs> and you're a whole lot smaller. <laughs> but so am I. True. So Joel, what's your what's your five? All right. Well, my first one's probably going to get me booed, but this is just sheerly from a nostalgia point. I did not own a gaming system from the time I had a Nintendo until I got my Xbox 360. So there's a big gap in there where I only was playing. I was basically squatting on other people's systems. So literally, just like just like (laughs) That's why I got kicked out. Uh, so, so I have to put Duke Nukem Forever on there because one of the first games I got when I got an Xbox was that, um, just for the sake of nostalgia. And it was, it was fun. I had fun with it and I don't need to ever play it again. It was fun. Was that like a sequel to the original or something? The long anticipated, muchly, uh, one of the longest development it. Yeah. People, longest developments things for it. I'm glad that escaped my notice then. People hated it. People just did not like it. And it is what it is, but it's, yeah, it's not the original. Well, um, I don't like that choice. Take, make another one. No. Uh, the next <laughs> one would be Guitar Hero 3, cause it's the first, the first of those types of games that I played. And I played it a lot. I really liked it. Cause, you know, the, the music, the songs were songs I liked. The ones I didn't like, I grew to like. And playing it on a, you know, surround sound system with everything and the big TV, it just, it was, it was fun, you know? It had replayability. Yeah, Guitar Hero has kind of a unique skill set that translates to nothing else. Because, <laughs> like, you get better at Guitar Hero, but it doesn't make you able to play a guitar. Right. It doesn't make you good at other video games. It doesn't make have, you a hero. Have you, guys <laughs> happen- <laughs> have you guys happened to catch the South Park where they dealt with oh, the Guitar course. Hero? Yeah, that would, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Yeah, they hit the well, nail on the head with that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when that kid is in the cafe playing the guitar. <laughs> Air guitar. Eventually, um, or acoustic. Uh, Joel, have you seen the game Rocksmith? Uh, I have, but I, I, I'm, I'm out of that phase. So. Okay, because this one actually is one of those where you plug in your real guitar to it. Well, I, I could or do that bass. anyway. No, 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 bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I could do that though. I, yeah, I mean that's one of those basically trying to teach you how to play the guitar. Screw that noise. <laughs> I want to be a hero. 
Okay, so the next one is one that my kids loved, and so through them, Amy and I started playing it with them. I know what this is. Uh, SpongeBob Truth or Square. What? No. <laughs> not what I thought. You're gonna Disney Infinity. That took is a left head- turn. I was gonna. Th- I thought it was Disney Infinity because it's I, like every every post on Facebook where you say, "Hey, we're playing Disney Infinity." I can't now. put that on there yet because I haven't played it enough, and it hasn't been around long enough to qualify in my book. So SpongeBob Truth or Square, though, I played a lot with. <laughs> With Juliana, especially. And then Amy is actually the one that beat it. Um, she put in a lot of time and energy to beat that game. Uh, and the kids were so excited because mommy beat the game. So that's, that's up Instead there. Of daddy for once. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't beat any game. No, she, what she kind of game, game is it? Because I haven't, the, I ha- oh, oh, okay. It's yeah, kind of. Domestic abuse is a, is a funny topic to me. Get out of the chair. I need the hearts. Um, it's <laughs> Mr. Nodos. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of a Mario Brothers type game. You're going around, you're collecting coins, you're beating a boss at the end of every level. Um, there's a lot of jumping and sliding and stuff. Do you make Krabby Patties at some point? No. <laughs> oh. But you can team up with Plankton, and uh, he gets a uh, little Ray, and he can he doesn't actually get his own like he's stuck to SpongeBob more or less, so he can't move. But he can like he's got a laser that he can pick people up and throw them around and shoot them and steal <laughs> coins and things like that. That's a lot of power for one octopus. It's fun. No, Plankton, not Squidward. <laughs> Plankton, Plank- yeah. Oh, okay. I'm the sorry. Evil guy. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's it is. It's very it's very much along the lines of uh, I I guess Mario is the closest thing I can think to relate it to. But I mean, I I, I imagine it would be fun because I actually I enjoy the show. I like watching it. It's funny. Yeah, if you like the show, it's it's very much along that exact same line. Um, and some of the storylines are right from the show. Um, the next one on my list would be Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, awesome. great game. Yeah. I got the game of the year edition cheap and, uh, I, well, actually, I think, no, I got that as a gift and it, I, I didn't expect I was going to like it as much as I did, but, you know, three or four hours later after the first time I played it, I'm like, yeah, I like, I like this game. Uh, it, it, it was fun. Yeah, that game. And, and did you, have you managed to get all the, uh, the Riddler, uh, no, no, I haven't played it enough because no. I also had Dead Rising 2 at the time. So they kind of were in competition. So, and I haven't played the, the 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 more recent Arkham City, although I've watched my nephew play it quite a bit. That that's actually yeah, one Ar- of those games I own and I haven't even installed. It's just sitting in a box somewhere. Oh, it's so good. Asylum can, or City? Uh, Asylum. Both of them are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. City is uh, City's another one of those where it's just it Massive. incredibly good. Yeah, and then it's one uh, also um, the Calendar Man. Where you want to talk about replay value to get all the bonuses for it or all the um, achievements you've got to go back and visit calendar man on every holiday calendar yep. man calendar man yeah <laughs> that's so. something that calculator man doesn't um okay my last one is the one that uh when i came back to gaming via the xbox 360 i needed a game to satisfy my my duke nukem lack because you know duke nukem forever was not the same and i'm a i'm an fps guy so uh, I, I debated and I talked about and I, I hemmed and hawed and I came up with Battlefield 3 and I played that on Xbox Live a lot. Um, I played the, the actual campaign on it as well and it's just, it's just amazing. It amazes me to this day how, how much you can do on that game and I'm looking forward to, to 4 coming out now. Battlefield is a great game. I like the, um, uh, what's the one with the smiley face tag on the grenade? Serious Sam? No, no, no. It's one of the, one of the Battlefield, uh, uh, I, it's been a while since I played it since my Xbox 360, or my Xbox Live ran out. I haven't. Oh, uh, Bad Battle Company. Battlefield Watchmen. Bad Company. Bad Company. Isn't that a Call of Duty game? Or no? No. 
No, Battlefield Bad Company was the. That was the earlier though, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I I, so. I didn't play. I've I've played Call of Duty, uh, the Nazi, the World at War one or whatever, the Nazi uh, zombie one, but that's the only Call okay. of Duty I played. That's the only other similar game I played. Um, and but Battlefield Three, just the the graphics and the fact that if you blow something up, it stays blowed up. You can fly. <laughs> you can drive tanks. You know. That's cool. It, it's super replayability if you're talking about playing, you know, uh, and then all my friends played it. So we'd get together and we'd go in a room and play and it was, it was fun. So, okay, Josh. All right. This, this was difficult for me because I, like I said, I play a lot of video games, but, uh, Pat was saying how he doesn't do consoles and I realized that I don't either anymore. Not really. Uh, I've, kind of gone over to being a PC guy almost exclusively. I, I own a 360 and I own a Wii, but I can't remember the last time I turned either of them on for a game that was also on PC. So yeah, all, all five of my titles are PC. Um, if I had been going strictly by like time played, uh, World of Warcraft would have been on my list, but uh, I'm almost a year clean. So, <laughs> put you that used to run me. raids and everything. I mean, you were like a, the man yeah. in that game. Yeah, I was. I was one of the top characters on one of the top PvP servers. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a while, and I, I've put that phase of my life behind me. <laughs> Have you gotten your year coin yet? No. <laughs> and the patch. Um, it's a patch on every day. But I've traded it away for other games that I've played for more than 100 hours each. <laughs> and uh, one of those is uh, Crusader Kings 2. Uh, Crusader mm-hmm. Kings uh, is a strategy, grand strategy game sort of in the tradition of something more like a civilization. But uh, I first became aware of Crusader Kings 2 when I found out that the modding scene had put together... Uh, a mod that's a total conversion for Game of Thrones. I, I was going to ask you if that's the game you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it sure is. And I, I uh, realized that Crusader Kings 2 really focused in on what I love about medieval strategy games. I don't care so much about the outcomes of the battles. I, I care about the politics and the people. And really, if... Uh, Civilization is about exploration and is about armies and is about cities. Crusader Kings 2 is about people and personalities. And it's really an alternate history medieval period simulator where you are, you can pick anything from an emperor on down to a lowly count and you've got your character. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, your character, you play as a dynasty. And no matter how cool your character is, eventually your character is going to die. And you might have this character who's a brilliant tactician, whose people love him, who's got the economy on lock. And then you find out his son, who is a dwarf, who's an imbecile, and who's flirting with heresy, is going to inherit next. And you have to survive succession crises. Maybe you have to make sure that an unfortunate heir does not uh, take your name through assassination. You have to worry about people who you pissed off because you usurp their title, sending assassins after you. Uh, there's a surprising amount of intrigue, and the game is all based on this personality trait system, where it's like someone who has holy might dislike someone who is uh, both a drunk and who ha- who's lustful. 
and they take all the various personality traits that all of the nobles in Europe can have, and the way the personality traits interact with each other gives everyone sort of an opinion of each other. And they're going to decide, based on their opinion of the various personalities in conflict and what they want out of them. They might want their title. They might want their lands. And uh, every time you play the game, it's different. Because a lot of these traits, if they aren't people like King Richard the Lionhearted, where their traits were known, they're randomly assigned when Europe is generated at the beginning. That's so really I, cool. I didn't realize it was that in-depth. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's all about uh, – I've had – times where it's like my one character's wife who was like a lesser princess of Spain and I, I'm the king of Ireland. Uh, she, when her, when her son inherits, uh, she's conspiring against her son's wife and trying to have her killed. And I end up having to, as the inherited character, take my own mother-in-law and throw her into prison. And then she escapes. And this drama. Isn't that everybody's dream? <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the real human drama that uh, comes from these characters interacting, I, I found there's a level of investment in a game that's mostly played staring at a map. It's not an exciting game to watch by any means, but I cared more about these characters than I did a, about a lot of characters in other games. This game, um, I got it on your suggestion, Josh, and when you say it's in-depth and it's deep, it's, you're not just... Uh... <laughs> Not just getting there. I started just right. I just started just reading the wiki to try and figure out how to play it. <laughs> my eyes crossed. I passed out, and when I woke up, my hat was on backwards, and I was playing Madden. <laughs> um, yeah, the learning curve is approximately directly vertical. There yeah, is that. Is. There is that. But I can see it's one of those. I have played a couple short games, <laughs> and with, so with the personality types and all that sort of thing going on, it's it is an amazingly deep game, and the amount of uh, again with. Uh, user-created content, there's always something new to play around the corner. That, that, that's, a, that's a good tagline. If you like a game that feels like a part-time job, we got one for you. <laughs> that's going to be a recurring theme in my top five right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one on my list is an RPG. It's uh, Fallout New Vegas. Ooh, uh, I, 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 played, I played Fallout 3 when it came out, and uh, at first I was in love with it, because I, I played the old classic Fallout 1 and 2 post-apocalyptic role-playing game where you have all of these different factions that hate each other and you've got all these possibilities what you can do. You explore the world, maybe one playthrough, you'll ally with one faction against another and at the end of your playthrough you get to see how your character affected the wasteland. Well, Fallout 3 started out that way, but I found the ending very disappointing. There weren't enough significant factions to interact with one another, and there were only two or three significant decisions throughout the entire game that impacted the ending. Well, the team that did Fallout 1 and 2 became Obsidian Entertainment, and they did a almost a modification-slash-pseudo-sequel for Fallout 3 called Fallout New Vegas, uh, which obviously set in Nevada. And uh, it, it brings back some of that classic. You've got different street gangs, different uh, – there's Caesar's Legion uh, and the New California Republic are the two largest factions. And uh, they are fighting over the Hoover Dam. 
and you can choose whether to ally with one of those, play them against each other, neither. You can ally yourself with the reclusive and mysterious Mr. House, who actually controls the Vegas Strip. And I, I don't want to spoil it, but there are so many different endings. I, I've played through the game beginning to end two and a half times, including all of the DLC. Uh, and I, I was really impressed with how every decision you make is significant, and the ending slideshow reflects all of your choices. And they turn out to be meaningful and have a last, uh, lasting impact on the wasteland there in Nevada. Was an unfortunately very, very buggy and glitchy game. Lots, lots of crashes. So that's, that's Fallout New Vegas. I, yeah. I, I think I, I think I saw the preview for that game at, at Mike's house. Didn't you show that to me on Netflix one night? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. It looked really, really nice. And is that one of those, Josh, refresh my memory on that one. If you can, can you go over the shoulder and play that game so you're not playing first person? Yeah, you can. Uh, okay. You're good, Pat. I you might can try stand it. a chance. <laughs> yeah. The animation's a little weird if you do that. It, it's a Bethesda title, which, uh, if you've ever played like Skyrim or any of the Elder Scrolls games, yeah, it's very game. similar yep. to those. I loved Baldur's Gate, so yeah. Okay, well, I can the, do that. Uh, yes. Baldur's Gate was uh, Black Isle Studios. I- I'm talking like Daggerfall, Oblivion, th- those games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I thought they were all the same. Skyrim would be completely up your alley, Patrick. Yeah. But typically played in first person, which might present a problem for him. Yeah, yeah that would be. H- however, there's another RPG on my list that I think would be a better fit for you, and that's uh, one of the games I bought... Before I uh, declared I would not support EA with my money anymore, this is a grudge which I've only recently uh, let up on because they've done some really cool work with charity. And that's Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins is under the Bioware imprint, which is the uh, team that originally started back with like Black Isle Studios and Baldur's Gate uh, into Neverwinter Nights. And Dragon Age Origins starts you off in this dark fantasy world, and you choose your class, uh, your race, and your social class. There's like human noble, human peasant, dwarf noble, dwarf peasant, uh, high elf, low elf, and like mage, regardless of race, is its own origin. And you play through your character's personal origin story and then get in this epic story of a kingdom that is about to be overwhelmed by treachery from within at the time where an ancient evil is awakening beneath the ground. And the uh, organization that's uh, supposed to take care of the ancient evil is kind of rounded because they were believed that they weren't needed anymore. It's very reminiscent in some ways of like George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, but it is not real time. You uh, uh, can pause at any point and reassign or take control of any of your party members. It's got some of the stuff uh, that Bioware RPGs are famous for. You recruit the various NPCs. You have conversations with them, do side quests that might improve your reputation. Some of the characters are available for romance options. Uh, I, I've played through this game three complete times, beginning to end. See, that, that's one of the things like I liked about a game like Baldur's Gate was, you know, the the free flowing. You don't have to do everything right away. You can do your own little side quest and stuff. Then the uh, last two games on my list are, are very, very different games. Uh, one is Dark Souls. Oh God! Dark Souls is no <laughs> known for its punishing difficulty. It, it's not so much a game as it is an exercise in masochism to some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you buy the game, you unwrap it, open it up, and it stabs you in the neck <laughs> immediately. That's the, And you realize yeah. I should have been paying attention. It told me it was going to do that. <laughs> 
Uh, a lot of games are more difficult than Dark Souls, but none, one of the things about Dark Souls is it's never unfair. Uh, enemies have repeatable patterns. Uh, so long as you are patient and you observe, you can defeat any enemy in Dark Souls with any, at any level with any equipment. And you will die a lot, but you will realize, oh, I didn't die because the game pulled some sort of trick on me. I died because I wasn't paying attention for a second. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you died. <laughs> it's like you realize, oh, yeah, I was suckered in because that guy ran down a hallway and I didn't look left. And this dude just crushed me with a club. Who, If I just realized, oh, this guy's leading me into a trap, I should have looked left. Uh, it, uh, if it looks too easy, it probably is. If he looks like Admiral Akbar, then uh, it might be a trap. It and it probably is. Yeah, it's all in in this game. It's always a trap. And uh, the uh, PvP in this game uh, is entirely—I like to call it entirely non-consensual. <laughs> <laughs> you can be playing the game in your most powerful form, the human form. You've got a higher item drop rate. You hit a little harder. And all of a sudden, this mysterious fog will block out all the exits. You'll realize, uh uh-oh, something's going on. And then you'll see Dark Wraith Blah has just invaded. And you'll realize, oh, we're doing PvP now. There's someone who's hiding, who the monsters won't attack, who's trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. And they get rewarded for murdering you. Yeah, yeah. that one, yeah. It's fun. (laughs) There's there's a. It, you know what? It is. I've I've got the first one. Demon and Souls. It is yeah. Demon Souls. Yeah, and it's one of those. You, it's a lot of oh shit moments and a lot of those potential um, broken controller moments. Oh, but yeah. you go back. Uh, you go back every time. I mean, it it's um it's like the Ike Turner of video games. <laughs> right. I, I think you really appreciate challenge. It's something that's been missing from modern games where they'll give you a checkpoint every few seconds and it, it's okay, Jimmy, you're not very good at this game, but try again and you'll get a trophy. Dark Souls will be, you'll know that you're going to earn it every step when no matter what level you are, any enemy can kill you if you let your guard down for a second. So when you mm-hmm. beat that boss, you're like, you feel like such a badass because you know you had to struggle every step of the way. But persistence, because you're never like irrevocably screwed. So long as you do not give up, Dark mm-hmm. Souls is beatable. So it's like me versus an algebra book. Basically, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, math is hard. I never passed algebra. I took it three times, even in college. I never passed. Okay. And it took all um, of his souls every time he yeah. the test. He had no so. soul by the time it was done, but One who did? plus three equals chair. <laughs> Which he immediately knocks you out of. <laughs> uh, all right. And so the that's... last game on my oh. list is another one that I'm streaming. Uh, Dark Souls, I, I sometimes stream live playing, but this is uh, it's uh, the indie game darling of probably the decade, Minecraft. My I've never played it. that game. I've never played it. It's hard to explain to someone who isn't into Minecraft why it's so awesome. Because the first time I played it, I was like, this is stupid. All you're doing is building with blocks. And the uh, demo I had just gave you whatever blocks you wanted, and you could just build with it. And I'm like, okay, this is like a computer Lego thing. I, I could understand it might be fun to build a castle. Then I got into survival mode and realized that scarcity changes the game. When you have to uh, mine your own wood to make your own tools, 
to get stone, to be able to delve into dungeons, to make your own little safe corner of the world, to find treasure, make a bigger fortress. And this is before we get into multiplayer, where you've got a persistent world where you and your friends can log on, see what each other have built, uh, raise animals, do crops. Which adventure. is difficult, by the way. That gives a whole new level of the meaning of uh, cornholing something when you do <laughs> when you're doing crops. Yeah. <laughs> and there are uh, a million <laughs> different. There are a million different game modes. Uh, I recently have played a zombie survival one called Mind Z. I've played hardcore PvP, where at every moment, every other player on the server is trying to kill you, and you're just trying to make a safe base that you can hide in. I've played Bomberman in Minecraft, where you uh, place blocks of TNT in a grid, just like the old arcade and SNES game. It's just this combination of adventure with a Lego set, RPG, simulation, survival game. But there's really nothing else quite like it. It's one of those that I've always wanted to get into, but again, it's one of those I know if I do, I'm gonna be tr- I'm gonna be on there for a while. It's another Warcraft situation. And Mike was never heard from again. So I mean, I always I didn't know it was that in depth. I always thought it was just like you know, hey, build your stuff and show it off. I thought that's all it was. Well, yeah, the impressive builds are what you see making it out to the internet. Even just with vanilla Minecraft, where all you're doing is making food, exploration, mining, and fighting monsters. (laughs) Shut up, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew it. I know exactly what he was laughing about. Uh, Yes. 20 years will do that, Pat. (laughs) Minecraft, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> Josh is back with a brand new invention. All right. I'm going right, to have so to pull the plug on that. Uh, <laughs> that's my yeah. top five. Fantastic. All right. So now we're up to the time for the trivia question, which Patrick has got set up for. And the prize of this one is going to be what, Josh? It's going to be a Steam key uh, to activate a copy of Bastion, which is uh, an indie game that was done by, Su- I believe, Supergiant Games, licensed yeah, by Warner Brothers. Uh, so it's got some big money behind it, even though uh, it is nominally an indie title, uh, where you are a kid who wakes up on the shattered floating remains of the world that was together uh, when he went to sleep. And you kind of got to figure out what happened uh, with this very folksy narrator who uh, talks about your every move as you piece together what happened and try to bring your world back from uh, destruction. And then Jimmy urinated on a flower. The flower was sad. Like that? Is that how- no, nothing not like that. Like that <laughs> I just want to tell all of you out there, that game is nothing like Joel just <laughs> well, he said. He said it was a folksy narrator who narrated his yeah. every move. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> how did we get here? I turned around for a second and we're here. I am pulling this podcast oh. over. <laughs> this, this this train has derailed. All right, Pat. What's the question? Uh, all right, what's the, the question? question is, um, who is the only person who has won both a Grammy for best song and an Academy Award for best director? Can I answer it again? No. No. Do not answer it now. In fact, no. in fact, stop talking. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so right. answer that. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to defer to you and tell them what the rules are, so there's no point. Yeah, answer that question on our uh, blog post. We're going to post this up and uh, leave a message with the answer and all the correct answers. Get tossed in a hat. We're going to draw one name, and one winner will get sent the uh, Steam code for the game Bastion. Now, now, we, we, we need to make... Oh, go ahead. 
I was guessing we, we need to make sure that they post it somewhere that's non-public, obviously. So even the messages, do they are they listed publicly when they message 14, 40 going on 14? I'm no, pretty sure yes. if they uh, message us directly on the Facebook page, only we can see that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I rescind. I rescind on the uh, on the what I had previously said. <laughs> message us. <laughs> I am completely changing. Lit the boy. Stay in the well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't just leave it as a comment because uh, we want to make sure that uh, everyone who like listened to the podcast, figured out the answer, uh, has got a shot at the game. I, not right just on. the uh, first person to get the answer right and everybody else copies and pastes, and then someone who didn't even listen to the podcast wins their copy of Bastion. Exactly. Exactly. Damn I want to keep it fair. you got to work for this, people. <laughs> uh, so bring leave us a message on Facebook and what the answer is, and we will put them all in a hat, draw one, and uh, let you guys, one of you guys are going to win. Cool? Whoop, whoop. Cool. Hope to hear from you. What are all we right, going to be talking about next week? Next week... We are going to be watching and uh, reviewing another old and new version of something. We're going to be looking at the original pilot for the Transformers cartoon. And then we're going to be watching the pilot for Transformers Prime, which is uh, both of them are actually on uh, Netflix right now. So if you're, you've got Netflix, you can stream them both, maybe watch them before the show. Oh, Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in another wacky situation again. So that's it uh, for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Mike, and we've got Joel, Josh, and Pat saying goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the second episode of 40 Going on 14. And I just wanted to remind you that you can find us on Facebook at the 40 Going on 14 fan page. You can also find us at 40go14.com and on iTunes. So come on by. Leave us a rating. Leave us some comments. We do read them. And I would love to hear from you guys. So uh, that's it. And I'm leaving you with a little bit more of Sudden Death's Getting Old Sucks. See you next week. Uh, Damn, it sucks to get old. Yep. Back in my day, Michael Jackson went on dates with Brooke Shields. And he made the most fantastical music. He was the king of pop, I tells you. In my day, Yoda was a puppet.